0: The sun had not yet risen, but Mary and several her friends were already on their way to the tomb. Their biggest concern was, who would roll the stone away so they could add extra uh, uh, perfumes to the body of Christ? And as the sun rose, and they entered the garden, Mary noticed that her problem was solved. The stone was rolled away. And she rushed quickly to the entrance of the tomb. And she was horrified. The body she expected to be lying on the byre wasn't there. But there were two young men in shining clothes and they spoke to her and they said, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen just as he said he would. We worship on Sunday instead of Saturday because our Lord Jesus Christ bodily rose from the tomb and we celebrate his great victory over death but one Sunday a year we say this is where we uh, recommit ourselves to follow the resurrected Christ better than we have ever followed him in the past our dear heavenly father Because you live, we also will live. I pray this morning that the majesty of Jesus Christ would be compelling to us. I pray that Easter would not just be a ritual, but it would be a moment where we rethink uh, who Jesus Christ is to us. And we recommit ourselves to you in a meaningful and in a... uh, uh, Life enriching way, and I ask this all in Jesus' name, Amen. When I was a young man, I liked to read H. Rider Haggard uh, novels. Any any H. Ryder Haggard people here? Oh, brother! <laughs> well, you know him if you've if you know the story of King Solomon's mine. Uh, you know H. Ryder Haggard, he wrote that. Uh not nearly one of his best books, uh, but he he did write that. He wrote about at, at, mostly about adventures to uh a- Africa. And they weren't uh travel logs, they were novels. Uh he wrote about uh uh, a man named Alan Quartermain who uh, uh, traveled all over Africa and, and uh, stayed in corrals and knew great uh, tribal kings and and uh, uh, he wrote about a mysterious woman named Aisha, she who must be obeyed. Uh, I believe uh, there are Aishas in our church. Uh, uh, He loved to write about cultures that had been lost or hidden. Cultures that uh, were out of the mainstream, and and it took a long journey to find them. He loved to write about people with uh, hidden lives that were very different from our normal day-to-day living. And I have fallen asleep many nights... uh, Lost somewhere in Africa in an H. Ryder Haggard novel. The, The mystery and the hiddenness, it always fascinated me. But there is a hiddenness in Christianity that it's easy to overlook. There is a hiddenness and a mystery in Christianity that if we're not careful, it will simply pass us by. We celebrate Easter universally now. But I'll tell you, the resurrection was hidden. The number of people who actually knew about the resurrection was very small. The message had to be spread over time. There was something hidden about Jesus Christ after the resurrection. I think I've read that he appeared 14 times after he rose from the dead and before he ascended into heaven. There was something hidden about him. Uh, Mary looked right at him and didn't recognize him. The men on the way to Emmaus, they had a conversation with him and didn't recognize him. He seemed to just mysteriously show up. They would be in the upper room, the door would be locked, and suddenly the resurrected Christ would be in the room. He met them by the Sea of Galilee. And the resurrected Christ, the King of eternity, made breakfast for six of his disciples. There was something hidden about Jesus Christ. And if you are a true follower of Jesus Christ. The message of hiddenness doesn't surprise you. You have sensed it all along. There are the externals of Christianity. There are the days like. Easter and Christmas and, and we have rituals that grow up around them. But if all you have is the external packaging of Easter and Christmas and there isn't something vital and real and hidden, you've missed it. The hiddenness of our faith is what makes our faith the richest. Paul wanted us to understand that. And he wrote a letter to the church in Colossae, and he said this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, Set your minds on things that are above and not on things that are on the earth. For you have died, and listen to this, your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The essence of Christianity is the hiddenness of, of your personal relationship with Jesus Christ your life is hidden with Christ that is an odd sounding phrase so what does it actually mean it means that we have a inner personal union with Christ if you're not a christian you're all alone in yourself If you are a Christian you have a your soul has a union with Christ it's not a tattoo it's not a style of clothing it's not a haircut it's not any of these external things it is an internal private personal awareness that Christ is your Savior and that you belong to him. Church, I can't prove my relationship with Christ to you, and you can't prove your relationship to Christ to me. It's not something that was meant to be uh, externalized. It was meant to be a deep, personal, hidden reality. The essence of one soul Knowing another soul, the divine soul knowing you and your human soul knowing him. We are united with Christ because Christ chose to become a man and live among us. We are united with Christ because he represents all of humanity to God. We are united with Christ, as we studied several weeks ago, because he was willing to be our substitute. All of these things are inner, they're hidden, they're personal. So Paul wants us to understand, when Christ died on the cross, my union with him meant that everything God did not like about me, Christ satisfied on the cross. In being my representative on the cross, everything God found detestable about me, Jesus Christ sacrificed himself for. Church. So that in this inner, hidden, personal relationship, God doesn't see me the way I see me. God sees me the way he sees the Christ who is in me. Can you hear this, church? Because Christ died and rose again, God doesn't look at me the way I look at myself in the mirror. God never says to me, you're a knucklehead. Although I have to say that to myself on occasion. Because I am united with Christ. Because you are united with Christ. God sees us as he sees Christ. Uh, Because Christ rose from the dead, we rose with him. And God sees us the way he saw Christ after the resurrection. This death and life of Christ is what Paul is talking about when he says, your life has been hidden with God. I want to teach you an old theological word. Uh, it, it, it's fallen out of uh, 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 modern day use, but it's an important word in theology and we shouldn't give it up. It is the word um, oblation, And it's, it's the opposite of revelation. Revelation means something is revealed. Obvelation means something is covered up. In Christianity, revelation is important. But in Christianity, revelation is equally important. There are things about the Christian life that are so rich, so deep, so beautiful, and so wonderful that they aren't to be pandered. Do you hear this, church? Your personal relationship to Jesus Christ has qualities that can be talked about. But hopefully, hopefully, your relationship with Jesus Christ is deep enough and rich enough and personal enough that it isn't something to be pandered about. Church. Uh, uh, you have, you are crass if you tell everything about your personal relationship to your spouse. You're just crass. It's it's rude. A part of your relationship should be personal. The same thing is so beautifully true about Jesus Christ. There should be parts of our relationship with Christ that are rich, beautiful, covered, and personal. I want to ask you, do you have that kind of relationship with Jesus Christ? Or is your whole relationship with Jesus Christ defined by what it looks like in public? Is your whole relationship with Jesus Christ a series of acts that you can be counted on to do? Is your whole relationship with Jesus Christ a a set of rituals that you perform? brothers and sisters, if it is, you've missed the best part of being a Christian. The best part of being a Christian is there's something about your personal soul that is hidden with Christ. The truest qualities of the Christian life originate in Christ and rub off on us in our personal experience with Him. Not only is our life hidden with Christ, our life is hidden in God. Do you see what the text says? Your life has been hidden with Christ in God. When I think about this, I think there is even a part of the Christian life that is hidden from my experience, but it won't always be hidden. Do you realize that today, as you draw breath, you live in the majesty of God? Your life is somehow or another held in the majesty of the infinite, eternal, incomprehensible God. And even though it feels hidden to me, Even though I can't access what it feels like and and really, really means that I live in the majesty of God, it doesn't change the fact that I do. Church, the resurrection of Jesus Christ guaranteed that your soul and my soul lives in the environment of the majesty of God, it's hidden. It's not easy to touch. It's not easy to access. But it doesn't change the reality of all. Church, I live in the Milky Way. But how I live in the Milky Way and how it affects me is largely a mystery, right? I can look out on a beautiful summer day and I can see the great rift and I say, I live in the Milky Way. But all that is involved in that stays mysterious to me. It doesn't change the fact that I live in the Milky Way, church. We live in the the environment of the majesty of God, even though it feels hidden from us. Paul said in verse 1, If then you are raised with Christ you must seek the things that are above where christ is seated at the right hand of god and you must think upon the things that are above and not the things that are upon the earth how do i live this hidden life with god how do i live it well very first of all i acknowledge that the resurrection of christ changed my human nature it connected me to the divine nature. Because Christ rose from the dead, it changed human nature. I just want to ask you, if you had to write on a three-by-five note card, how does Easter really influence you? What might you write? If you had to fill out a questionnaire that said, how will Easter make you different next Wednesday than you were last Wednesday? What might you write? Are, are, are you feeling what I'm trying to say here this morning? If Easter doesn't have some influence on me, I'm missing something. If Easter doesn't in some way make me different, uh. Uh, Going to church on Easter is not much different than going to a baseball game. Do you understand me? Uh, It's meant to have a change on the person that I am. I'm supposed to be a better man because I have experienced the goodness of Jesus Christ on Easter Sunday. I'm supposed to love my wife more on Wednesday than I loved her last Wednesday because Christ has had an influence on me. I'm supposed to be quicker to forgive than I was last week because Christ has had an influence on me. My values are supposed to be lifted above this clay ball we live on. And I'm supposed to value things that have eternal value because Christ has had a living effect on me. I acknowledge the resurrection uh, uh, changed, uh, what I'm seeking after in life. Don't seek the things that are on the earth, but the things that are above. This is easy to do. Without Jesus Christ, we tend to be selfishly ambitious. What's in it for me? What do I get out of this? Ah, but when Christ changes, my soul I start feeling like uh, it's not all about me. How well do I love the people around me? Church? I stop asking, what am I getting out of this? And I start saying, what am I contributing to this? When I set my my mind on the things of the earth, I judge my life by my material wealth. I have this and this and this and this. But so and so has twice as much of this and twice as much of that and they have a bigger boat and they park it at a better uh, marina. When Christ starts having an effect on me, I stop worrying about how much junk I'm accumulating in my garage and I start asking myself, am I rich toward God? Have I laid up for myself treasures in heaven where moth and rust corrupt and thieves break through and steal? getting messages from my family (laughs) when the resurrection has an effect on me I change the scope of my focus I stop focusing only on temporary things and I begin to ask eternal questions church when was the last time you asked yourself the simple question, what will this mean to me one million years from today? Church? Because way too much stuff in our life won't mean anything to us a million years from today. But there are things that I do today that will still affect me a million years from now. Church? Church? When my focus is on earthly things, I am content with the merely human. When my focus is on the things that are above, I start becoming more and more interested in the divine. When I focus on the earthly, all I worry about is the rule of flawed human beings. When my focus is on the things of above, I begin to know that there's somebody greater than any politician that will ever show up in Washington, church. Before some of you get carried away in this new election cycle, I want you to remember there is one who is greater than anyone who will ever be elected in Washington, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he is seated today at the right hand of God, reigning in glory. The one in whom my life is hidden rules the universe. How should should Easter affect my life? I change what I'm thinking about. Not only do I change uh, uh, how I think, I change what I'm thinking about. I don't know if you remember, but when you were a kid, we went to elementary school. And we had these sheets. And they had letters kind of dotted on them. And you had that big pencil. I I wish they still made those big pencils. Uh, They would come in handy with my shaky hands these days. And you would sit at your little desk. With your big pencil and and there would be uh, arrows that told you what direction to draw and how how to copy the letters. Anybody remember that? All right, I guess I did go to the same school as you went to. <laughs> uh, we sat there and copied the letters, right? And uh, 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 God bless you, uh, ladies. Your your handwriting was always uh, uh, better than. Uh, 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 mine, uh, uh, we scribbled out our letters. And, and little by little, they gave you less until you had to draw the letters all by yourself without anything to copy over. Anybody remember this process? All right. Uh, uh, we were learning how to write by copying what somebody else had written. We just copied the letters, and guess what? We copied them long enough until we learned to draw them ourselves. That is exactly what the Christian life is supposed to be. Jesus Christ is the pattern. And he says to us, just copy me. Just copy me. And the more you copy me, the more of my life that will influence you, and soon you won't have to copy me because it will be natural for you to be doing the very thing that Christ does. Church, life with Christ, life in Christ, life that is a seeking the things that are above, life that is a thinking about the things that are above, is a life that is daily trying to copy Jesus Christ. You say, well, how do I think about, how do I think about Christ? I don't know how to, how to do it. All right, here, I'm gonna get you started. You ask yourself this basic question. Who was Christ? And then you think about answers to that question. You say to yourself, I'm gonna think about Jesus for five minutes. And then you say to yourself, Who was He? And hopefully, you've listened to enough sermons that you can say, He was the God-man. He was complete God, and He was complete man, bonded together. Then you can go from there. He was the one who, uh, like Sarah spoke to us yesterday, He was so forgiving to a woman who was crushed. He was the one who was kind enough to feed the hungry. You just start rehearsing to yourself, who is Jesus Christ? And then because you want to follow him, you say, who am I? If Jesus Christ was this kind of person, who am I? How is my life following his example? You ask yourself the second question, What did Jesus do? If you want to to think about the things that are above, if you want to think about Christ, you ask yourself, what did Jesus do? Uh, There's a line in the gospel that says, he went everywhere doing good. Well, that's a place to start. What did Jesus do? Everywhere he went, he tried to do something good. He tried to do something that made a difference. What did Jesus do? I did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve and give my life right. He humbly served. Then I say to myself, what should I be doing? If Christ modeled serving humbly, I should be serving humbly. A third question, what did Jesus teach? And you who have read the Gospels, you know he said, the greatest commandment is love God and the second is love your neighbor. What did Jesus teach? He taught us to be more loving toward God and more loving to each other. So I say to myself, Am I learning Christ's lessons on love? Do you see what I'm doing? I'm setting my mind, I'm consciously thinking about the things that are above. I ask myself, Number four, what did Christ dislike? What was it that he didn't like at all? Christ hated the tyranny and oppression of evil. Am I a partner with evil, or has something of Christ rubbed off on me, and I find that I like evil less and less? Five, what did Christ promise He promised a beautiful life without evil in the presence of an infinitely great God. What am I longing for? Am I longing for what Christ promised or am I dreading what Christ promised? Because I just have too much love for what I already have. What did Christ ask of us? Faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. All right, do you see what I'm I'm saying? Thinking about God is not as hard as you make it out to be. Uh, You can sit quietly whenever you would like, and you can simply say to yourself a few questions. Who was Christ? What did Christ do? What did Christ teach? What did Christ not like? What did Christ promise? And what did Christ ask of us? And you can be thinking quietly, personally, and in a hidden way about the things that are above. You don't have to be trapped on the day-to-day treadmill of earthly living. And then Paul said, verse 4, When Christ may appear, who is your life, then you will uh, appear with him in glory. Because of the resurrection, I am destined to become more and more like Christ, who is the source of my life, and less and less like my worst self. Do you hear this? What is the resurrection supposed to do? Make me more and more like Christ, and less and less like my worst self. If you were here yesterday, you saw Sarah do this wonderful uh, uh, illustration. She took a glass of water, clean water, and dumped dirt in it. She said, this is kind of like the way our life is. Then she said, most of us are trained to pick the grains of dirt out of the water, like you can ever get the muddy water clean by just picking dirt out of it. She said, the, the, the answer is, Then she took that glass of water and she poured more fresh water in it and she kept pouring enough fresh water till all the dirty water was rinsed out and it was a glass of full water. And it illustrates the way we get to be the people God wants us to be is not by picking out individual flaws, but by filling ourselves with Jesus Christ till there's not room for anything that is ugly, ruined, or broken. I'm destined to be like Jesus Christ. There is a hidden potential in me that you can't see. There is a hidden potential in you that others can't see. And that hidden potential means we are destined. It is our destiny. It is our fate. We were created to be more and more like Jesus Christ. Church. What does that mean? We're destined to be more wise, more holy, more free. It is our destiny to be more loving, gracious, and merciful. It is our destiny to be more patient, to be good, to be forgiving. Our destiny is glorious, blessed, and righteous. I could go on and on, but everything on the list is good. The list of my destiny be like Jesus Christ. Everything on it is good. And all that I have been that is disappointing to me and disappointing to God, it is destined to be washed away. Because Christ rose from the dead, I have a hidden life and in that hidden life there is an old man who is dying. And there is a new man that is taking his place. There is an old way of living that is passing away and a new way of living that is becoming dominant. There is a new vision, a new hope, a new dream because everything that Christ shares, he shares with us in this hidden personal relationship with him. When Christ ultimately reveals himself, At the completion of history, our time of hiddenness will come to an end. And we will appear with him, sharing his glory. Do you hear this? This hidden life is temporary. This inner personal quietness in the presence of God, it's temporary. Someday Christ will appear in majesty and glory. Someday Christ will make evident to all that he alone is a a majestic. Someday you and I will join every soul that ever lived and we will bow our knee and we will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And in that day, and in that day, all this quiet work that Christ has been doing within us It will be completed. And we will be glorious like Jesus Christ. Easter makes it possible for me to be better than I ever imagined I could be. It is my destiny to be like Jesus Christ. It is my destiny to appear with him in glory. And it is your destiny also if you're trusting him as your Lord and Savior. Our dear Heavenly Father. I thank you for your genius. I do thank you for your genius. I pray that the mystery of the hiddenness would be powerful in our souls this morning. I pray that Easter would not just sweep by us, but it would have a uh, transforming effect. I pray, Heavenly Father, that that good work that you have begun in us You will make perfect until the day of Jesus Christ. And I pray that everyone who's here this morning and everyone who's watching online, they would sense your call for that hidden relationship with Christ and you would transform all of us into your likeness. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Amen.